What an amazing privilege to be called the son or the daughter of God. We're in the middle of this series, What on Earth Am I Here For? Living Your Calling. Living out the purpose, the reason. Waking up every day knowing that God has called me out for a purpose. Knowing what that purpose is and then living it out for Him each and every day of your life. You see, God didn't make you to get up and just go to work. God didn't make you to have an education, or God didn't make you. Those are all benefits, and those are all part of it. But God's greater plan, as we've already learned, is that one, number one, God called you. And listen to me. You can look in the mirror and say, the God of all creation, the one who's holding it together, the God who is the God above all gods, the name above all names, looked down, saw me, and said, I want you. Now listen to me. I don't care who you are. Everybody wants to be wanted. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be needed. And God himself created a vacuum, a space, a place in you that only he could feel. And he cried out to you and said, you're the one I want. Y'all remember the movie Grease where she's saying, you are the one I want. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I am not going there for you. But I'm telling you, that's what God said on that day. He said, you are the one I want. Yeah, Whew, that was ugly. Um, I was trying to sing that in my head, and it didn't even sound good there. Um, <laughs> but not only does the Scripture tell me that God called me and God desired me, in His Word, He begins to tell me how to live. Hey, Gordon, stand up right quick. Sorry. Hey, Lucy, stand up right quick. Gordon and Lucy are friends on Facebook. So Lucy started watching Mount Zion Live on Facebook. She lives in Miami. She has to fly out of Atlanta today. And because she knew Gordon, we connected, she connected. She said, if I'm in town, i got to be in church. So welcome. But they haven't seen each other in probably 20 years. Truth, at least. So I don't know how old they are, but it's been a minute. So you never know. You never know who you know might connect with us and have an opportunity to worship with us. You see, that's kind of what we're talking about. We are the family of God. And we're not restricted or constricted by demographics because we're joined together by something that is all present. And that's God himself. So anyway, so God says, I called you out. You are the one I want. And God says, because I called you out in my word, I want to tell you how to live it out. And that's what we're looking at today. Last week, we said that God made us for worship. So my first purpose in life is worship. Now, we know um, worship is, as you just sang for us, Tanya, adoration. It's the adoration of God. It's not only loving God, but allowing God to love us with a perfect love, an unfailing love, a love that knows us who we are, who we were, and who we're going to be, and he says, no matter what, I love you. So that's pretty awesome. So we talked about that. We said, my first purpose in life is that I'm called to worship. He said, our second purpose in life, what we're going to look at today, is not only am I called to worship, to love God, and to be loved by God, but I'm called to belong. And if you notice, the songs today had a theme in them. We belong, we're sons, we're daughters of God. Now we know... Because we've been here and we kind of have the inside track on this thing. 
we know that we become the sons and daughters of God through the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross at Calvary. When he was on the cross, he died for us, he bled for us, he was buried in a tomb, he rose again on the third day, and we know after that he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. It's through him that we experience and we're able to worship. But a benefit of worship, a benefit of being in that relationship with God is that we get to belong to God's family. So if we haven't seen each other in 20 years or we saw each other 20 seconds before we got here today, we are bound together through Christ. So he begins to teach us that. In fact, Hebrews 2.10 says, For it was fitting for him. Now the him is Jesus. For whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons and you can put slash daughters there bringing many people many sons and daughters to glory in other words he said I created you because I wanted a family he says I created you because I love you and in creating you because I love you he says I want it to extend beyond just me and you I want it to extend to humanity. So he says he brought sons and daughters to glory. Now, you got to understand, that's just a really long way to say we can folk. Through the blood of Christ, we're family. He made us that way. He brought us there, and he says, I want you to belong. So the second purpose of my life is that God formed me for his family. If God had not wanted a family, we would not exist. But God made you because he loves you and he wants you to love him back. And he wants you to be a part of a group of people that he brought together through Christ's blood to be together worshiping him. Ephesians 1.5 says, Having predestined us, meaning he predetermined it, he decided it before the foundation of the world, to a us to adoption as sons by Christ to himself according to the pleasure of his good will you say well, why did he do it scripture just said because he wanted to that's why he did it he wanted us to be in him in his life for and in his family so that really takes us back to that passage of Matthew 28 when it says when Jesus was having his conversation with the Pharisees and the teachers and the smart people of the day and they were trying to trip him up, and they said, Jesus, out of all the commandments in the Old Testament, in the law, which is the greatest, and he said, to love the Lord your God, worship. He said, the second's like it, to love your neighbor as yourself, to be family. Through Christ, we're family. So the, first, the second purpose of my life is that I'm formed for God's family. God's family is called the church. 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, these things I write to you. So Paul says, Timothy, this is what I'm writing. I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Paul writing to Timothy says, I want you to know how to live in the family of God. And the family of God is the church. Now, not Mount Zion Baptist Church. Yes, we are part of that. We're just a piece of it. The church, the family of God, is all of those, all of us, anybody who has come to God through His Son, Christ. 
Now, wait a minute. That begins to give us a whole definition of living. He says, I wanted a family. I call my family the church. And now he says, I, me, us, we are called to be his church. We're called to belong to his church. Ephesians 2, 19 says, now therefore, because of what Jesus did, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. First thing you've got to understand is that God loves you today, no matter who you are, where you are, what you've done. He can't love you any more than he loves you right now. And in that love, he calls you to belong to the family. Romans 1.6 says, you are among those who have been called out to belong to Christ. In other words, church isn't an event. Church isn't what happens at 9.30. Church isn't just what happens at 10.45. It isn't just a program. It's not a building. It's not just something you go to. It is something you belong to, and you need to say it with me now. I am the church. You are the church. This is the building where the church meets. And all over this town, in this nation, in this world, there are people that are meeting, and they are the church. And now, hear me. Satan comes to kill, to steal, to destroy, to divide. He comes to tell us, oh, we can't be the same because of how much money I have. We can't be the same because of the amount of melatonin or lack of melatonin in my skin. He says, we can't belong because I don't have those degrees. He says, we can't belong because of this and we can't belong because of that. And Jesus himself just shuts it down. He says, you have been called to belong, fellow citizens, with the saints. The pillar is who we are. So, if my calling or the purpose of my life is to be formed for family, the family is called the church, and I'm called to belong to the church, then here's the question is, what are the benefits of belonging? Because I hear people all the time, it's a very common conversation that you have when you step outside of these walls. Oh, I don't need the church. I have God. I'm okay, and I can serve God here, and I can do that. And yes, you can. But I will tell you that you will never be all you were meant to be. You will never fully understand God's complete purpose of your, for your life outside of congregating with the people known as the church. He says, if you want to know your true identity, if you want to know your true purpose, he said, I created it because I wanted a family. And when I wanted a family, I assembled that family together and I told that family, don't forsake coming together. In other words, we're going to have a family reunion and you better RSVP, I'll be there. That's what he's teaching us. So what are the benefits? The first benefit that I think that we can identify from Scripture for belonging to the church is that you find an identity. It's very easy to say when someone says, who are you? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Did you think, I'm a husband, I'm a father, 
I'm an employee, I'm a preacher, I'm a cop, I'm a carpenter. What came to your mind when, when I said, what is your identity? Because it's very easy to get caught up in what we do. And what we do is not who we are. Because we're called as a child of God to bring glory to God and worship to God in our lives. The identifiers of who we are are just the avenue that God gives us to bring our ultimate purpose, which is glory to Him. So there's nothing wrong with being who you are, but it's not your ultimate identity. Your ultimate identity um, is from God. And the scripture says, I knew you, I formed you, I knit you together. But here's the truth. A lot of our identity comes from our relationships. Our friendships, our work associations, our um, professional connections. And if you are in good relationships across the board, you're like walking in going, I'm in the house. Life is good, and everything's perfect. But you see, here's the reality. Not many of us, in fact, many, many, many people don't have that. There's some area of your life where the relationships are failing you. For some, it's failing you in the marriage. For some, it's failing you in the parenting. For some, it's in the career development, and other, and on, and on, and on. But every one of us are looking for a place to belong, and we begin to identify and connect ourselves to the people who give us acceptance. You see, that's why there's a growing number of teens and children's, children, not children's, children's already plural, children who get connected to gangs and events like that because they're out there, they feel displaced, and the people in the gang walk up and say, hey, if you'll come do this, you're a part of us. And they tell them, hey, you get this tattoo, it'll give you this identity. And now you see, I belong. It's why people get into relationships that are hurtful and helpful, not helpful, because we get into them because we're looking for that, and then all of a sudden we're, we buy a lie. That the relationship's okay. No, ultimately it's only God that beats, that fills that need in us. Ephesians 2.19 says this, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So you say, Pastor, growing up, my, my relationships didn't work. My parents were not there, or this failed me, or that failed me, or somebody in my life right now is failing me. It doesn't matter what family you have or what family you had. It doesn't matter where the relationships are right now. Because you belong to the most important family. The eternal family. It's God's family. It's the one that's going to last forever. You see... Your earthly family, Richard and Mary Dean Reynolds, were not God's ultimate purpose for me. They were just a channel. They met, they got married, 
Here I am. But that was not God's ultimate purpose. God's ultimate purpose was that they were just the avenue to get me into the world so that I could belong to the eternal family of God and belong to Him and live it out. And listen to me, Satan will come to you and say, oh, you can't be because your mama was this, or oh, you can't be because your daddy was this, or you can't be because and because and because and because, and you need to look at him and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Because of what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary. Because he knit me together. He knew what was and what is and what's going to be about me. And he says, in that I called you out to worship me and to belong to something that will last forever. That's why you're here. And every minute that Satan comes to you and says, you're not pretty, you're not this, you're not that. You can look and say, I was enough for God. That's enough for me. Okay? You, are, you have an identity. It's a true identity. Here's the struggle. If I look for my identity in titles, in income, if I look for it in relationships, the things that are external, it's going to let me down. The world says to you, you're short, you're tall, you're Asian, you're African American, you're Latin American, you're Anglo American or whatever. And we get this kind of thing and or they say, you know what, you can't fit with me because you belong to this political party or that political party. Once we start hearing those lies, we then lose the definition because here's the truth of the thing. I'm an Anglo-American, fairly well-educated pastor, but there's something way more important than that. Those identify me. Those allow me to live out what God called me to do. But ultimately, my identity is a child of God. They identify, but they do not define. And there is an, a ramped up effort right now to segment, to pull apart, to destroy, to have distrust. And God says, no, keep your eyes on me. I'm the author of your faith. I'm the finisher of your faith. I'm the one that keeps you. So a benefit of belonging is identity. I'm a child of God. Another benefit of belonging is I obtain stability. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. My translation. The way the wolf kills the sheep is he cuts the sheep out of the herd, out from under the care of the shepherd. And the scripture says, I don't want you to cut yourself out of the herd, the body of Christ. He says, I want you to keep yourself in the herd. I want you in the body. I want you under the shepherd. I want you to be in a place where you have protection. I want you to be in a place where you have accountability. Because in this, there's stability. It goes back to this. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Not any one of these pieces 
is as strong as these three pieces wound together. And I know from my own life that when I fail, falter, stumble the most, it is the times that I allow myself to get out from under the Word. I allow myself to get away from the church. I begin to live in my little bubble. God says, pop the bubble, pop that bubble, get in it, live it, learn to love it. You get stability. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens. Do you understand? You can't bear my burden and I can't bear your burden unless we're together. We're apart. When we're apart, we cannot bear one another's burdens. We've got to be together. There are times in your life that you're going to need other people to hold you together. You're going to need them to hold you together because you're falling apart. May the 5th, 2015, laying in the floor of a bathroom at Clayton State with my head bleeding. I couldn't have gotten myself there. But because I had Russell beside me, he said, dude, we got to get you to the doctor. And he sat there with me, and he did for me what I could not do for myself. We need the church. We need the body of Christ. We need to be in life together with other people. In Ephesians 2, it says, In Christ, the whole body is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. It literally means this, and we're going to expand on this thought. But it literally means that all the building materials get dumped together in one location. And some of us are going to be the foundation, and some will be the walls, and some will be the sheetrock, some will be the lights. But you put it together, and the whole body, everybody comes together, and God says, I didn't just randomly pick you. No, I, I placed you, and I placed you to build something that can stand on me. So I gain identity, I obtain stability, I gain value. I learn my identity in God's family, I get my stability from God's people. I learn my capacity in the body of Christ, I discover my value. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says this, For as we have many members, everybody raise your hand. Say, I'm one of the members. Okay, so we have many members. You see where we're headed there. He says, because we have many members in one body. We're sitting inside the room right now. Many members, one body. He says, in Christ and individually members of one another. Yes, I am an individual. And uniquely and wonderfully created by God. And you all could say, every one of you could say the exact same thing. And when you bring your uniqueness and you couple your uniqueness with your uniqueness and your uniqueness, now we become the cord of three strands and we're able to withstand the attacks, the hits the, of the enemy. I gain value. First Corinthians 12 says, but now then, indeed there are many members, everybody raise your hand, one body, then he gets specific, specific. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, 
nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, that means no separation, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So I have two eyes. And I decide randomly that, you know what, that I, these eyes are good, but I don't like where they are. So I reach, this is nasty, sorry, it's the only thing that popped in my head. So I reach in and I pluck them out. And I look at them and I say, you're still valuable. And they can talk and they look at me and say, no, I'm not because you disconnected me from my purpose. And that's what happens in the body of Christ. We walk in and we think, oh, I'm only this or oh, I, what I am or what I do has no value. Yes, it does. We need you just the way God made you to be what God called you to be, to live it out every single week. And when you are not here, we are weaker. I gain value. But you see, it's not just identity and stability and value, but I also receive care. When is that important? When I'm being beat up on my job, when I'm being neglected in a relationship, when something of is being strained to the point of my life where I don't know where to turn, we need support. And God said, we need to be here one for another. We receive care. When we're facing a crisis, an illness, we need support. We need to know that someone is protecting and caring for me. Tanya, I got a text from Jordan this week. And it was him in a picture. And he said, pray for me. I'm asking God to give me wisdom. Well, he's in Oklahoma. He's in school. But he said, here I am. This is life. I want to know what to do next. In that moment, he had somebody that he could reach out to. Who do you reach out to? When life is falling apart, where do you turn? Because this is what statistics tell me. This is what I know from being alive forever, how long I've been alive, is that we all turn somewhere. We turn to a substance. An overwhelming number of people are turning to pornography. People turn to relationships that are outside of God's boundaries. We turn to a, puff, a puffed up false esteem where we go, um, I'm, we believe we're better than we are and we really don't believe it. We just want you to think it. So we get arrogant. We're turning somewhere. And here's what I want you to know is that all of those things that we turn to that are other than God through His Son Christ, empowered by His Holy Spirit, will fail you. Every time. In fact, many of us in this room have a resume of all the times that we've turned to something other than God and it failed us. But for that moment, we were like, I'm in the house. Yeah. We get this 
stability. I receive care. The scripture declares that God cares for us as a shepherd cares for his sheep. Psalm 23 says what? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. He makes me to lie down in. He restores my. He leads me beside. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the. I will fear no. Man, you're getting ahead of me. Hold on. Yeah. 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 But you see, God says, I'm your shepherd. And whatever need you have in life, I'm it. Now, here's the truth. He said, I could do it. I don't need any of you. But because I'm God, and this is what I chose to do, I created the church to present and represent me here on earth. You say, well, I don't like it. Well, take it up with God because he did it. He said, I have done this and I have put it. And he says that, that inside the church, I've set up some things. In fact, let me just read it to you. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4 says, the elders, that's like the pastors, the ministers, the, the, the deacons, those that have been called into caretaking leadership. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as an overseer. So as the shepherd of Mount Zion Baptist Church, the scripture says that I have been given a duty. And that duty is to shepherd you. That means to walk with you, to walk beside you, to give guidance and to give information that will help you make the decisions that honor God. But not only that, it says to serve as an overseer. I'm to take care of God's flock. I'm to shepherd. I'm to be responsible. That scares me. It scares me because half the days I can't find my keys. And yet in the middle of that, I'm supposed to do this. And I know what goes through my mind. I know that if you put yourself under my care, that there's going to be a day that God, I'll have an appointment, and God will say, step into my office, and he's going to say, and we're going to go moment by moment, time by time. He said, but that's not just me. That's Pastor Russell. That's Joy. That's Miss Barbara. That's the deacons in this church. And it says, we've been called and we will give an account. And I guess the question I ask myself is, how are you doing? But you see, it's not just that. He says, when you step into the church, you become under. But the second is small groups. Look at this. Bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6.2. And so fulfill the law of Christ. You say, what is the law of Christ? To love your neighbor as yourself. I can't love you if I'm not in relationship with you. I can't love you if we're just acquaintances. And so because there are one of me and many of you or through several of us and a lot of you, we can't do that efficiently or as well as God says. So we set up life groups. 
Russell looks over life groups, and on life groups we have leaders, and those life groups bring people into smaller relationships, so it's not just a, hey, across the room, I don't remember your name, but I know I see you at church when we're in the grocery store. No, it's we walk in there and we say, hi, Jareli, how are you? I enjoyed going to get coffee the other day with you and Ben and Cindy. It was amazing. See, we have a small group. We have a relationship, and that relationship becomes more than just an acquaintance, but it becomes a let's do life together. We gain care. We receive care. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, comfort each other and edify one another just as also you are doing. So here's my question. Who's looking out for you? Spiritually speaking, right now, in your life, who is looking out for you spiritually? Who's inside the circle? With that question, who is caring for you? Here's another question. Who are you looking out for spiritually? Because again, we know that a tactic of Satan is to cut us from the group. He wants to get us out here and not in here because if he can get me out here, then I am susceptible to weakness. But when I get in here, still susceptible, but I have care I have stability I have identity I have people that I depend on and are depending on me but also I become fruitful John 15 4 and 5 says this abide in me and I in you so Jesus is saying Let's be tight. Let's be more than people that get together ever so often and say, what's up? He wants us to be in a daily connection. And I and you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. So if you're wondering where's the fruit of my life. You may have to ask your question. Am I relying on me or am I depending on God? He says neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. It's very interesting to me that Jesus chose this comparison. Because if you've ever seen a vineyard, you know that a vineyard starts out here, it grows up into some wire, and then it begins to spread out wide, but not only does it spread out wide, it begins to intertwine. You won't get many grapes if all you've got is one strand. It produces more fruit when the vine is, when you're the branch and you're connected to the vine and you get intertangled one to another. It's back to this, quarter of three strands is not easily broken. But also a quarter of three strands produces more fruit. I become more fruitful. The church is like a garden where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Come get all tangled up with one another and do something big for me. My life becomes fruitful. I do something more with my life. 
You say, I don't like my job. Well, maybe if the end goal of your job is not just the paycheck, but to bring glory to God, and you say, God, as long as you've got me here, I'm going to be the best, whatever it is, and I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to honor you, and people, if they look at me, they're going to see somebody that's doing what they do all for your honor. You say, well, I still won't like my job. Well, love Jesus so much that he looks down and says, oh, let's get you another one. Okay? But he may have you there. He may leave you there because it's not about you. It's about him. It's about his purpose. I guess I close it this way. Why should you remain disconnected when a church like this has so much to offer? What are you waiting on? First, to those of you who have been coming to Mount Zion, you attend... If somebody said, where's your church? You would say, oh, I go to Mount Zion Baptist. But yet, you don't yet really belong. You walk in and you are here and then you exit and you're not connected again until the next time you're here. You are called to belong. You're called to be connected. We will be your family. Maybe all of your life you've tried to fit in, you've tried to belong, and you've looked for places to belong all your life. You just want to be accepted. But the truth is, you feel like I've never really belonged anywhere. Today, that can change. It can change because you can belong to Mount Zion Baptist Church, which is a part of the greater body of Christ known as the church. So what do I do? If that's you, what do I do? The first question you answer is this. Have I given my life to God through His Son, Jesus Christ? Have I obeyed the Scripture and followed the Lord in baptism as a believer? Not as a child, not because mama said, but as a believer. One who placed your total trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you followed the Lord in baptism? You see, because that baptism is like this wedding ring. This wedding ring says, I belong. And the marriage license defines who I belong to. It says, I belong to Gail Reynolds. My baptism says that I belong to God. Through His Son, Christ. And so, if you're sitting here today saying, I don't belong, but I want to belong, what do I do? First, you come to God through His Son, Christ. Second, you obey the Scripture. You follow the Lord in believers' baptism. The third thing you do is you connect to the church and say, you walk in like the long-lost cousin and say, hi, y'all. And we go, hey, how you doing? And we start doing life together. Now, it's not going to be instantaneous because we're going to have to get to know each other. We're going to have to learn giftedness. You're going to have to learn our giftedness. You're going to have to find needs, and we're going to have to define needs. But we come together, and we begin to live life. So that's you. 
You say, well, what about, I'm not in that category, Pastor. What do I do? You say, I've already have a relationship with God through Christ. I've already been baptized. I'm already a member of the church. I'm in a small group. So here's my word to you. Fall in love with your church. Fall in love with it. Be dependable. Be available. Be reliable. Own it. Because if you're in that second category, there was a point and a time and a place that you stood up right here and you said, I want to be a part of the family. And we as a body of believers said, we want you to be. Now, the floor needs vacuuming. The dishwasher needs emptying. The food needs putting up. Just like you would do as a part of your family at the house, that's what you do here. Because we are not here to do all the work for you. Because let me tell you, at my house, if I don't do some things, Gail's going to look in a minute and say, hey. I'm going to go, boy, them dishes sure are dirty. <laughs> no, that doesn't work very long. It doesn't work at your house and it doesn't work at your church. So the first group, join them. The second group, live up to your commitment. That's what it's teaching us. And please, I, that sounds harsh but hear me if you will buy that buy into that the peace of God which passes all understanding which guards your heart and mind comes and all of a sudden life takes on a new meaning God begins to use you And life has purpose. So what on earth am I here for? I'm called to belong. Ephesians 3.21 says, To him be glory in the church. To him be glory where? In the church. By Christ Jesus. To all generations. Forever and ever. Amen. So across the front. There's a wad of, a lot of uh, paper clips. I really wanted Legos, but if you price Legos lately, you'd say, I'm sure I'm glad he bought paper clips. And this is what I'm asking you to do. I want to ask um, Russell and Joy to join me. Paper clips, whole paper, but paper clips make a really cool chain too. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you'll join us today, commit to join us. Would you come, take your paper clip, connect it to this chain, 
It's nothing magic. It's just a symbol. It says, I know God called me for something more. And I know he wants me to be active and involved in his family. And so today, as a symbol, God can count on me. I'll be here. Can we do that? So, praise team, you come. Church, stand, join me in prayer. And then as the music plays, we're going to be here and we'll just connect and Russell's going to be on that side I'm going to be on that side pick up your paper clip and we'll figure out the awkward way to best connect them together but we want to do life together God wants us to do life together so father as we're here today Lord I pray for the one that has not yet entered your family through Christ God today if they're here would you convict would you appoint would you do what only your Holy Spirit can do God, for the one that's here today and says, I don't belong. Yes, God, convince they do. And Lord, for those that already, those of us that already belong, Lord, would you show us how to live our lives for your honor and your glory to make your name famous in this community. So today, I've already asked you, I've invited you. If you want to be a part of that, you come, connect it, let's do it. If you here today, you've not yet accepted Christ as your Savior, don't leave without that. If you need to be baptized, tell us. Father, do your work. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Before he spoke creation.